everybody. Welcome to the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Andrew. This is Josh. And I'm Anya. And we are here on the afternoon of July 6th, 2017 to chat about movies from July 7th to 13th. Lee was going to be here today as well, but sadly our friend Cheryl, his wife, has thrown out her back again. And so she's laying in pain on her back waiting to go get fixed up and he's being a good husband and taking care of that instead of doing a podcast with us this afternoon. It's summertime. I'm very busy doing Blues Fest, so my nights are eaten up by doing rock and roll concerts and Andrew and I were chatting about it that I'm getting further and further into adulthood. Every year at Blues Fest I know less and less bands. <laughs> and We like, only know Tom Petty. Yeah, this year it's like Tom Petty and I swear, I look at the list and it's, you know, a hundred bands and there's a few on there I know, like there's there's Tegan and Sarah, or there's Pink, stuff like that. But there's dozens of bands, and it's it's a weird mix of kind of country and modern, not techno, but what do you call it? EDM? Is that right? Yeah, EDM is the electronic so, dance. Music. two complete ends of the spectrum of bands I know nothing about that are now at Blues Fest a lot. So anyhow, my nights are eaten up, so we can't do this at nighttime, so that's why Ian's not here as well. Yeah, I was contemplating summer movies because it's popped up online, People asking if we're going to show Jaws again, if we're going to show Indiana Jones again. And Back to the Future? Back to the Future. And and, the, and are we? I guess we don't know. <laughs> no, the answer right now is maybe, I guess. Are, are, There's are... lots of stuff planned for August, I guess, because we've got the, the Jalo Festival. Yeah, and then in September we have the awesome Japanese Girl Biker Gang Festival. Stray Cat. Stray, Stray Cat, Cat Blues? Rock. Stray Cat Rock, yes. Which I bet you does not translate properly from whatever that should mean. It probably no. means, like, biker girls, and it's just, like, a bad translation. Yeah, it's movies like Delinquent Girl Boss and Wild Jumbo. They <laughs> I, I don't think that means anything. Weird names. But it uh, puts summer movies on the brain, and so I wanted to ask you guys, I'll ask Andrew, if you have a memory of kind of maybe your first summer movie that you really have an association with. I think I mentioned before that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles oh, might yeah. have been the first movie I saw in theaters and I was and I think that was I think that was the same summer as Dick Tracy. I think you're right. That was both like nineteen ninety. Uh, ninety. And I remember seeing Dick Tracy and yeah. liking that a lot. And we and were talking the T shirt. Yeah, we were talking before we started rolling that they did this cool thing where you bought a T shirt. So for like 10 or 12 bucks, you bought a T-shirt that had the date and the theater and it had like a, like a ticket drawing on it. And that was your ticket into the show. That's awesome. So somewhere I have this ticket or I have this T-shirt with that on it. It was one of those movies where although it was, I don't think it was a flop, but it wasn't a huge hit, but it had the action figures and had the McDonald's stuff. I think it was profitable, but it, yeah, it didn't, it wasn't like the massive hit that they were all, expe I guess Disney was expecting it to be. Yeah, put in. that beeping you're hearing in the background is because as we speak, there's a fire test going on. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> how long timing. that beeping is going to go on for. That sounds like a good beep though. Yeah, that, that is the everything is fine alarm. When you hear that, that's all good. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, so I remember Dick Tracy as well for that, where it kind of came on the heels of Batman. It had Danny Elfman doing the music again. Mm -hmm. And Madonna's music was a big deal. Yeah, almost the same way that like Prince strangely did the music on Batman. Madonna yeah. strangely did the music on Dick Tracy. And I remember the weird action figures and yeah. and Ninja Turtles for me. I mean, you're talking to a guy who has four Ninja Turtles tattooed on his arm. So I love that movie. My dream is always that sooner or later somebody will do a Ninja Turtle movies with the four red headbands, like the old comic books. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that ever happened, but nonetheless, that first movie was very loyal to that source material. Like, it wasn't very Saturday morning cartoon, except for the different colored headbands. 
it had the, the New York story and going to the cottage and fighting Shredder and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I was older than you when that came out and Anya wasn't born yet. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You have three generations of movie nerds here. So like my, my summer movie nerd is like mid late eighties. Andrews is a bit after that. And then, so do you have an association with like an, you know, you're out of school, it's summer, some movie you're really looking forward to? That you went to as you were a kid? Not particularly. No, no. you're too highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't actually watch that many movies when I was quite young. It was mainly when I was a teenager, which wasn't that long ago. That's when I really started going. I'd watch four or five movies at the theater. Right, right. Well, I, I didn't go... Yeah, like when I was a kid, I, I didn't go to the movies all the time. I didn't start going to the movies frequently until yeah. I was like a teenager and I can go on my own or whatever, like when I was in high school. Yeah. Then I'd start to see, you know, everything. Yeah. And also, um, my mother wouldn't let me watch too many movies at the theater or just on VHS because it had to all be in French. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a limited amount of movies that are either produced in French or have the French version on VHS. Yeah. Yeah. There were VHS when I was younger, so. But when DVDs came around, that's Much when I easier. really started watching movies because there were the French versions. You could choose the French options. So. Yeah, and, and some DVDs would have half a dozen languages on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I loved when DVDs came around. Did you watch like kind of the classics like Star Wars or, or something like that on VHS in French? Did you manage to track any of those down? Or more modern stuff, I guess? more. Yeah, more modern stuff. And it was a lot more like just like very kid-friendly. I lived a very sheltered life I was not allowed to watch Harry Potter till I was 13 yeah so I didn't watch any of the big movies up until really teenagerhood so see when I was a kid and again it's it's weird because it's called summer movies but it was when I was still in school Return of the Jedi was coming out and so it was only May so it wasn't even technically summer yet because summer's June I guess we lived right beside the school my mom had a home daycare and I was just buzzing all morning not paying attention and I went running home after school all excited to head to the Somerset Theater to go watch Return of the Jedi and my mom happened to be on the balcony smoking a cigarette and she looked down at me and went it's not time to go it's only lunchtime I was so out of it I had just blurred that it was the end of school and I came running home so then I had to go but home. you must have had to line up like three hours early or something yeah well I, I guess we just went right after school and yeah so got there at like four o'clock or whatever Side at the Somerset. And when you're a kid, especially 80s movies were, were weird because it's only rated PG. But I'm sure kids of the same age could associate the same thing with, with Harry Potter where they're kids movies but there's some scary stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And I remember being terrified of the Jabba the Hutt stuff. Just mm-hmm. so scared. And, and really thinking that like... And when you're a kid, it's funny. You don't think the logic like... No, you're not going to kill the heroes right now because the movie's still happening. But I was so scared of that. But I just love that movie. And it's a funny example of if you're a certain age, you're totally fine with the Ewoks and Return of the Jedi because I saw it when I was like five. If you're a 15 or 20-year-old fan of the movie, you didn't like that because it was too kiddie, too baby toys, you know? And so I always I always think of that whenever people say, oh, I didn't like fill in the blank, but they're a grown-up nerd. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't made for you. It's okay to have movies for kids. My friend saw Goonies when he was a grown-up, whereas I saw it when I was 10 or 12. And he said to me that, he was I totally get why you like it, but I saw it too late. I saw it when I was a grown-up, so I don't have that. When I saw it, I could associate with the kids. It was a bunch of other 10-year-olds having an adventure. Summer movies for me, tie-ins, is like going to McDonald's, getting the toys, all that kind of stuff. Which I guess is still around. I think it's my tone down a little bit. But for me, summer movies means, yeah, going to McDonald's, getting the toy. They had glasses, which were beautiful. These, like, cool, like, Return of the Jedi glasses. 
mm-hmm. that you would get if you bought stuff, which I don't think they do that kind of thing anymore. No, and it's probably because, it, you know, they're worried that kids are going to eat the toy. Yeah, and we've done kind of summer movie tradition here with, I think, like we just mentioned, Indiana Jones trilogy, Back to the Future trilogy. We did Jurassic Park a while ago. That kind of thing. It's always, sadly, that fine line of movies people really think they want to see but then sometimes it's hard getting a crowd out for it, especially the Triple Bill, where I remember one year we did, it was Back to the Future or Indiana Jones, and it was an okay crowd, but it's when you kind of do the math, where like 60 people showed up, but it was eating up three movie time slots. Mm -hmm. I think in the good old days with rep theaters, kind of distributors were nicer about such things, but now not as nice, where they would be like, oh, you're showing a double bill of two Fox movies or two Disney movies. We'll give you a deal it'd be a slightly better thing now you're pretty much paying triple and we don't charge 30 bucks for a ticket so that's always kind of the tough thing that's why double bills went away like in my youth at the mayfair every damn night was a double bill now that doesn't work because i think it's a mix of finances and i think most people don't have the attention span anymore very few people do double bills it's like, you know, around Halloween maybe, or we have some super fans who will come on a uh, Friday night and watch two movies in a row, but it's not what it was. Even, I remember we, like years ago we did Planet of the Apes and we did a couple of double, I forget how we split them up because there's five of them, but we did like one, two, three, four, and then I think we did like part five and a couple TV episodes or something. I forget how we split it up, but there'd be times where people would, at the end of movie one, half the crowd would leave. Yeah. Even though they could stay at the same ticket price. They just left. They couldn't do four hours. That's a whole different era, too, of that double bill era. Well, there's some young people, like my friends, a few of my friends, we like doing double and triple bills. But yeah, globally, people don't enjoy. People are worried about having to do the laundry and walk the dog. and Or social media, in the case of my generation. Yeah. yeah. They <laughs> cannot stand to be... Oh, oh, the monster just tried to get in the door. They can't stand to be off their phones for more than two hours. Oh my god. Last night, came to watch It Comes at Night, which was very good, but very different than I thought it would be, because... I kind of avoid... It's my fault because I kind of avoided the reviews and stuff like that. Just from the name of the movie and the poster and the trailer, I thought it was going to be... This is a spoiler, so don't listen to this if you care about this for It Comes at Night. I thought it was going to be monsters outside of a house trying to come in at night, like something more fantastical. It was really just a post-apocalyptic movie. Very small. Could have been a play almost about two families living together in a house and the conflict between them. So still very good, but not... Not a monster movie, not a zombie movie. There was somebody sitting behind me, and their phone went off, but it was the loudest, most old-timey phone ring you've ever heard. Like, it sounded like he had a rotary phone in his pocket or something. And it went, and I heard him kind of casually going to look for it, and it, it rang like five or six times before he found it. And at that point, there's nothing you could do. Like, you know, you, you give him a dirty look and you snarl at him. But I just, you know, it's human error. People make mistakes. But why is your phone set to, like, plus... 30 sound volume (laughs) and I don't like for me most people I know like I have my phone I don't even have a phone ring on my phone it's in my pocket it either vibrates or I just kind of look at it every once in a while usually Mayfair patrons are very good but every once in a while something like that happens and I just want to like pause the movie and turn on the lights and shame him (laughs) get out it's on the long list of to do's but I want to put like a you know not too evil and snarky but some kind of comical slideshow image of turn off your phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've thought about maybe uh, doing it just a short little clip at the beginning of every show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is just like turn off your phone and also just like 
out of just basic decency, if you have garbage, could you just please put it in the garbage can? Oh, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Because too often you come into the theater, people see you coming, and they smile at you, nod, and they will put their <laughs> drink back in the cup holder. Yeah. And you're there, and you're like, really? It it doesn't even take extra effort. You're walking towards yeah. the garbage can anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. I've heard people get really mad about that and be like, oh, well, I bought it so I can leave it there or something like that. Be nice. Just, it takes two seconds. You're walking by the garbage can anyway, you know? But yeah, the phone thing, probably even like our friends down at the Alamo Draft House, they, they're militant about it. Like if that guy had been at Alamo Draft House and his phone had gone off, he would have been booted out. Alamo Draft House is very adamant and strict about their rules of no phones. And Alamo will even do things like when the... When the last Before Sunrise movie came out, I always get the titles mixed up, but they, they did a funny little thing with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delphi, or they'll mm-hmm. have, you know, they're, they're pretty serious. So if, if you get, if the usher goes up and down the aisles at Alamo Draft House and you're tweeting during the movie, you get thrown out. And so they have a number of funny little videos that you can find on YouTube. They put one where, you might remember it, Andrew, but it was like a woman got asked to leave Twitter. Yeah, and she, left a, she left a really angry, pissy message. Yeah. Which they recorded and put in their next PSA. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the ad makes her just look like a monster because she's basically calling in to say why she should be allowed to talk on the phone. Yeah. Or... I'm an American citizen. <laughs> yeah. I get to do what I want. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I bet if we found a picture of Michael Bay or Shia LaBeouf on a phone and put the little, like, don't do it Ghostbuster cross through them. And yeah. You put that up there. But, yeah, I'm going to look at I'm gonna look at the Alamo Draftos ones, and I'm sure even if we sent them a little email and say, hey, can we use that too? And just slap the Mayfair logo on in front of it or something. <laughs> a, a message from your friends at the Alamo Drafthouse and the Mayfair Theater. But, yeah, it's, it's something that sadly is just going to get worse, but hopefully with theaters like us, most people are coming to... It's not really an issue here. No, it's, it's rare. I've gotten a couple complaints. Yeah. But it's, it, yeah, it is very rare. Most people, they get it. They have their phones off or, you know. It's like a couple times. They don't have a lot of troublemakers. Even now, there's like a disrespect to the trailers where it used to be people were like, it was part of the package. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm watching the trailers and everything. And some people will, will keep their phone on through the trailers. And a couple times I've, I've walked over to somebody and been like, you're going to turn that off, right? And they're like, oh, of course, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. But it's strange that they, they, you know, and sometimes maybe it's like a last minute emergency message or something, but... It's that people just don't want to disconnect. And that's too bad because that's what I like about going to a movie or going to a live show. Even once, I don't think I told this story before, but Gwen and I went to see Craig Ferguson live. Mm-hmm. And he's hilarious. I was at the NAC and we happened to have a, we uh, got some crazy discounts. So we had a cool balcony seat. Mm-hmm. And from our seat, I could look down and see that in the rich people seats, like three rows from the front, four rows from the front, there was two or three people through the whole show checking their phones yeah and you can just see because we were above so maybe we had a more annoyed view of it I could just see these little glowing triangles (laughs) and I was so surprised that nobody complained to an usher or something but even especially that like Craig Ferguson is doing his comedy did he he say anything? he didn't notice so maybe he was just he was probably blinded enough by the spotlights in his eyes that he didn't notice it if he had been in a smaller comedy club, I'm sure he would have noticed it. You're out to a show, you're in the rich people seats, you can't just turn your brain off for half an hour or 90 minutes or so, but yeah, so it's a strange thing. But 
Yeah, we're pretty good about it here. And the, I remember once it was, it was speaking of summer movies, this was years ago, and it was during Jaws, and there was this guy with his kids, and he, one, wouldn't stop talking about just whatever, and he kept checking his phone. And I went over, and I said something like, Sir, doing this in any movie is not allowed. Checking your phone and talking during Jaws is just inexcusable. Mm-hmm. And I went back to my seat, and some stranger, like, tapped me on the shoulder and was like, Good for you, thanks. Not knowing that I was involved in the Mayfair and trying to, you know, wrangle things from a owner's point of view. But, mm. but yeah, it's not too bad here. Definitely better than the multiplexes. Whenever I go to the multiplex for um, a free movie pass or something, I did it recently, had a free movie pass to go see The House. When you see that, good movie, it was funny. But it's a different vibe than watching a movie yeah. at the Mayfair. And this what really got me to the point of, even if I wasn't involved in the Mayfair, I think I'd be, you know, cinema fan and grumpy enough that I would only go to the multiplex the most emergency have to see a movie everything and right now i i go to the multiplex three four times a year for free mm-hmm. and everything else i see here and it's and it's gotten to the point where i just kind of hedge my bets and i miss movies a couple times but it's gotten better lately where we're getting more and more kind of mainstream stuff available to us so i've been able to see kong i've been able to see Mad Max, I've been able to see the latest Alien, all those kind of mm-hmm. things. This summer, hopefully, we'll get a couple more of those kind of movies in as well. So, yeah, so we understand if you might cheat on us for that, but we do try to get all the summer blockbuster movies that are, are cool for movie nerds' point of view. You're not going to see Fast and Furious or Transformers <laughs> here, but hopefully you'll see some other cool stuff here, though. But, uh, yeah, so let's get on track and maybe chat a bit about the movies we have this week again it's july 7th through 13th 2017 the gardener returns the french canadian documentary about gardening or yeah it's not about gardening it's about it's about a specific, historical gardens yeah a specific garden in quebec city that is a giant beautiful epic edward scissorhandsian yeah garden and the history behind that and it's a simple movie, but it's one of those movies that really draws a crowd. And it's always funny where it's a, it's an example that we could point at of be like, yeah, we do really well with the Grindhouse stuff and we're glad to show it and glad it's doing better now. But these kind of simple documentaries often mm-hmm. draw a really good crowd as well, whether it be a hiking documentary or an environmental one or something about an artist. It's one of those movies where people are staying for the entire end credits to yes. look at all the pretty pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you missed that last week, that's coming back this week for a couple of more shows. We also have the Ottawa premiere of, and I always get the title wrong, but it's From the Land of the Moon. And I just, I keep on getting the us and the thes wrong with that. But it's with the great Marion, and I get her name wrong too, Marion Cotillard. Marion Cotillard. Who has, man, won everything. She's won an Oscar, a Golden Globe, Cannes. She's won all this stuff. So this is a romantic period piece, a big epic romantic period piece. Mm-hmm. That, although it's early in the season, I've read a few reviews that we're just getting to that time, kind of past half of the year, where people are starting to throw around Oscar favorite, Oscar hopeful. And this is a movie that kind of hits all the pegs, where it's a respected actress, it's a period piece, it's dramatic and romantic kind of the things that Oscar voters really like sometimes. So maybe it'll be in a foreign film category, actress category, something like that. So that's the auto premiere this week, starting on Friday, July 7th. Then we also have Patrice at Dinner, starring Selma Hayek. And I've seen a lot about this movie. This has been on kind of the talk show circuits lately, which Mm -hmm. is always fun for us, because 
often we get a movie and it's kind of after it's hurrah or it's a smaller movie so it doesn't really get the mainstream tv play or bus ads or that kind of thing but i've seen john lithgow and selma hayek both on a couple different talk shows and it's funny i just saw the trailer last night for the first time here at the mayfair and its tag says the first great film of the trump era Mm -hmm. which is a very interesting and weird kind of backhanded distinction because it's a simple movie a drama around a dinner party i think it's kind of a dark comedy yeah that's, that's what seems to be the tone of it she's she plays a masseur or something uh working class woman uh mexican-american and through some sort of um she happenstance a... she gets invited to i guess one of her clients fancy dinner parties right. yes John Lithgow is this billionaire, and he's hosting this dinner party. She gets invited, and there's sort of a big cultural class gap going on. Yeah, and it looks it looks great. It looks almost like My Dinner with Andre kind of thing, where it, it looks like it could be a play, like all in one room, people arguing with each other. And it looks very tense, where it's mm-hmm. John Lithgow plays the... I think that's where the Trump connection comes in. Mm-hmm. He plays the super right-wing Republican kind of hunter. He's a great actor, because... Mm-hmm. We've been familiar with him for decades, and he's ranged from drama to comedy and even weird stuff, like he does children's albums or he's a painter, and I've seen him on all kinds of talk shows. He's the nicest guy in the world, Mm -hmm. and he can play these villain jerk characters so well. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a big fan of his, and it's, it's one of those very simple in its premise, but, and again, as I just said, we're kind of just creeping into... Critics liking to talk about who's going to win some awards, and this is one that's on the the long list that I'm sure will be whittled down by the time the year rolls around to get a couple of actor nominations out of it because it's a yeah it's a 2017 film so it's a, a newer film so yeah so we have that uh, coming up starting on Saturday at 6:30. Then we also have this week All Eyes on Me, which is the Tupac story. Yeah, biopic about Tupac Shakur. I've kind of missed out. He did a couple films, but I kind of missed out on him. I remember he did a few, yeah. He did one with... Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson, yeah. And he's one of those guys who came and went very fast. Did a bunch of movies, did a bunch of albums, but it was in five-year period, and then he was gone. But I think it's akin to Eminem's film, 50 Cent did a film like this. And I think it probably helped a lot that this is on the heels of Straight Outta Compton, which was such a big financial success and critical success. So that kind of probably opened up the doors for people to ride those coattails a bit and be like, oh, we want to do another biopic about this famous rapper who's not with us anymore and that kind of thing. So yeah, so we have that playing for a couple nights this week as well. Also this week we have Weirdos, the latest from Bruce McDonald, another very Canadian movie set in the 1970s in Nova Scotia about a couple of hitchhiking teenagers. It looks really nice. I saw the trailer the other day. Beautiful black and white photography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it. It's, uh, it's really good. Lots of cool 1970s music. Good coming of age, simple little road movie. Yeah, so looking forward to seeing that. The last movie we have this week is The Zodiac Killer, mm. which we've talked about before. but <laughs> Not I David Fincher Zodiac. No. This is a movie from 1971, and the guy who made it uh, was this guy, Tom Hansen, who owned a bunch of pizza restaurants and he wanted to make a film that would attract the zodiac killer to a theater he thought oh if i make this film the zodiac will show up and we can trap him because apparently the zodiac was a film buff and he thought well he'll come and see a movie about himself so 
everything about it's a horrible idea because yeah. it was encouraging vigilante justice. Mm -hmm. It was also encouraging, I'm sure, idiots being at the theater and seeing some guy who kind of matched the description sitting in the aisle beside them yeah. and then yelling, it's him, he's over there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can get more exploitation and exploitation yeah. cinema that it came out while all these real-life horrors were going on. I'm curious how much of a run it got. Like, was it in a theater in... I, it, like, he, I think he rented a theater in San Francisco where, yeah. you know the Bay Area where the Zodiac Killer was killing people. Right. And uh, he rented a theater for like two weeks and it played at drive-ins, I guess. Yeah. But he, the director tells this story about how a guy came up to him in the washroom and said like, you know, I've watched your movie, you know, real blood doesn't come out that way. And he looked at him and he's like, oh, this guy actually looks like the police drawing. He, he fits the description. So he it, tried to kind of corner him and put him in the office. But like, I don't know, it didn't didn't work out. They didn't. I don't know if it was him or not, but. Right. And it's funny, just by knows? complete coincidence, I, uh, a podcast I listened to called Movie Sign with the Mads, which is the two guys who played the mad scientists on Mystery Science Theater back in the day, mm -hmm. Trace Bolio and Frank, Frank Conniff, Conniff, now have a podcast where they just talk about movies, and they talked about Zodiac, David Fincher's Zodiac, and their co-host, Caroline Hidalgo, she's a comedian in New York City, said that she and some other comedians just riffed Zodiac Killer in New York City recently. So now this movie's out there on the kind of riff circuit. It's on the bad movie, the room kind of circuit. But mm -hmm. it's just, I love everything about Agfa, where they're finding these bizarre old movies yeah. and getting them in front of our eyeballs so we're able to watch them. And it's stuff that, you know, would have been hard to find during the video store days, mm -hmm. isn't on Netflix, isn't getting a big release. So they're really finding these cool old treasures, and we're screening a lot of them. And mm -hmm. <laughs> Lee had said... He's not talking yet because he doesn't want to get people's hopes up just yet. But, but there, there might be something for Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I think we're going to have a bunch of cool stuff for Halloween thanks to Agfa and these kind of places. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm looking for It's going to be a fun movie. And it's it's only 87 minutes. So, we have it at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. So, it's a midnight movie. But it'll be done by 1230. So, not too past my bedtime. So, I'm going to be able to come check it out on Saturday night. And then it's also playing an encore at a much earlier Sunday at 8.30. So you can come and check those out. It's really, if you're a movie fan, you know, it's like, it might not be good, but it's it's something to watch. It's it's very, very fun to watch and a, a really neat experience that really makes you feel like you've flashed back to a drive-in in the 1970s kind of thing. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a weird podcast. It might be a bit shorter than normal because i got to go back and edit it down a little bit because through podcasting magic we've been pausing along the way because somehow we scheduled this on the same day as a fire alarm test so half a dozen or more times we stopped and then backpedaled and talked about what we were just talking about somewhere in there Anya went away and so that's why she disappeared for the past conversation but she's back now and we were reminding ourselves off air while we were paused that she's instigated something new that she wanted to talk about so Talk about that before we leave today. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like everything's a go and we're going to be starting Uber Eats soon. Um, so essentially what it is is you download the Uber Eats app and you can order popcorn, drinks, and your favorite movie theater snacks through the app and it'll be delivered right to your home. So Uber Eats currently is serving most of Ottawa, so that's it. There's just a small fee and you can get all of your movie snacks delivered right to your door. Yeah, and it seems kind of backwards 
for us, but it makes sense just because, you know, we want people to come here every single night. But if you look at the schedule, sometimes we'll have double nights in a row. Sometimes we have a movie like Maudie that we'll have for five weeks. Yeah. Something like that. Or there's just a night where it's a horror movie, you don't like it. So, you know, we, we tease, but we understand that you're not going to be here every night. So there might be a night where you're at home or you live far away, you don't want to come in, and you still want the best popcorn in the world. So it's kind of funny. So we're not encouraging you to stay home all the time, but on those nights that you do, now you can get Mayfair popcorn at home, which is insane. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, delivered to your door. Yeah, so, and then, you know, that'll just remind you to come back here and have some Mayfair popcorn while watching a movie on the big screen as it should be watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll be very curious to see the numbers in the first month, couple months, to see how it starts rolling along. Because we do, I mean, I think, I keep on meaning to do a, a casual tally and ask if people will give us their postal codes or something. And we're not going to send them anything. We, I just want to see where people are coming from. Yeah. And I think definitely over 50%, if not over 60 70% of our clientele are walking here mm-hmm. yeah. on a Friday night. It's people walking from the neighborhood, people maybe, maybe busing from the slightly further section, but it's, you know, we don't have a parking lot. So it's, it's a lot of folks who are within walking distance coming to a movie, especially families on matinee, stuff like that. But we do have some customers who come from far away and yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how far this reaches. Like Uber East goes quite far. Like yeah. my mom who lives in the, very back of Avalon doesn't get the service, but most of the Ottawa area is serviced by Uber Eats. So and, it, and yeah, I'm thinking like, you know, how many movie theaters are actually left in Ottawa anymore? Oh, exactly. <laughs> like there's Silver City, the Bay Town, which is pretty central. There's Lansdowne, but that's crap popcorn. Yeah. And so and Rainbow Cinemas and us, and we've got the best popcorn. So I'm thinking, you know, someone in Canada wants popcorn and they want the best popcorn, they can get it delivered. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It'll be neat to see how this goes. And, and if anything, it'll be good publicity. Yeah. Because somebody looking at the website will be reminded that the Mayfair Theater is here doing our thing. Yeah. Because, like, you know, the Mayfair is so central to our lives. And anybody listening to this is probably a fan of the Mayfair or, mm-hmm. or an out-of-towner who's a fan of movies. But every once in a while, you still meet somebody who has no idea we're here. Yeah. And, and you'll say something and you'll be like, oh, yeah, we're playing this crazy movie or this classic movie or this oscar movie and they're like where's that and you're like well right in central ottawa been here since 1932 yeah so it's always a fight to kind of get the word out so any kind of little weird thing that happens or little evolution you know uh, 30 years ago the mayfair didn't have a website and five years ago the mayfair didn't have a podcast and all these little things kind of tiptoeing along and getting yeah. our word out there but yeah and like i believe last year the most popular item ordered through uber eats was the breakfast sandwich the breakfast bagel at kettleman's oh wow so yeah a lot of people were worried well like not a lot of people i was worried that you know people wouldn't be willing to pay the delivery fee for a five dollar popcorn right but they're willing to pay the fee for bagels so yeah. no it, it is it's we live in that world of people weighing the odds of time and, and, and effort yeah you know do i have to put on pants yeah, Please yeah. wear pants when the uber <laughs> driver comes to your door with your popcorn but but i see it more and more just like i'll be walking the dog or whatever and I'll see a car pull up and you'll see that the person getting out of the car is just like you know looking for a second sees their destination and they've got a big bag of food mm-hmm. and that's what it is and so it's more and more people doing that you know yeah. so yeah it, it's a cool idea so yeah so on those days when you're home the days when you've seen all the Mayfair movies you can still Watch get the Netflix popcorn and... and how are we delivering it just in a regular bag with like a plastic bag around it or something 
we're probably going to have our regular popcorn to go system. So our paper bag with the plastic bag on it and yeah. all of your orders probably going to be put in a really big, thick, like heavy cardboard. Or not okay. cardboard. Um, and yeah, that's probably how they're going to deliver it. And we're pretty much going to have all of our menu items on our menu and we're also going to have the little jewelberry treats oh, and we cool. might even be expanding so we're yeah. going to be a very vegan friendly yeah. Uber Eats option yeah people always ask and I'm a vegan so our popcorn is vegan as long as you don't put butter on it we got our little Joe's is all vegan and then vegan I mean vegan grilled cheese vegan grilled cheese and our candy if you're looking at that it's you can do the research but it's it's we have a mix like some of our like Twizzlers is vegan and stuff like that so it's we always have something on the on the menu that's up for eat that is vegan as well and then we have all the normal stuff people want to eat too yeah <laughs> but yeah so um that's about it for this week we'll wrap things up i gotta edit the hell out of this podcast because we were stubborn and just kept going through the alarm so you might hear an alarm every once in a while but on the longer stretches we just paused and waited for five minutes while the alarm went away but i think we got all the information out there we chatted about all the movies this week you can find more information online. We're everywhere that you can find information. And be sure to go visit our friends at House of Target across the street to play some games and eat some pierogies. And uh, we'll see you again soon at the Mayfair to watch some movies. Thanks for listening, everybody. Later. See ya. Out of the headlines, I'm rubbing him out. Hey, Tracy, watch out! You think Tracy to me? I say we kill Tracy now. You challenge me, we all go down! Are she gonna arrest me? I wanna know who killed Lips Manless. Not the bad, not the bad, big boy, not the bad! I know, and I'm gonna miss you, but all's fair in love and business. Whose side are you on? The side I'm always on. Mine. Okay, boys, let's go. And you, guilty of attempting to bribe an officer of the law. She does some nifty undercover work. I think Tracy drives you crazy, doesn't he? I want Tracy dead! Tracy, let's go! Good luck. You have just said goodbye to oxygen. Aren't you gonna frisk me? Stupid cop. Tracy? Warren Beatty is Dick Tracy.